I'm Selena Sage, and Live Free is for our collective liberation. Namaste and welcome. Today there's an inspiration to share ideas and reflections about uncertainty and faith. And the first aspect, uncertainty, is something that I think we, we all know. We know that everything is uncertain. We know that what is happening in this moment does not necessarily give us an accurate set of information about what will happen in the next moment. But we have this feeling that if we do things in the moment of now, they will lead to potentially favorable outcomes in the moment of the future. And that base belief can set us up for a couple of different things. One is this idea that if we work hard, good things will happen. And that's sometimes true. But the other aspect is this expectation that's attached with that. It's it's the very idea that if we do the right things, then the right things will happen. And this does not take into account uncertainty. Uncertainty means that no matter what we do, even if we're doing our best, it may not always end up the way that we wanted it to or the way that we expected it to. And that can lead to a lot of feelings of frustration, disappointment, sadness, and even anger, because we're basing our expectations on something that we are believing will be true. If we do these certain things, then these other things must happen. And this is just not the way the universe works. And so as I was reflecting on this topic, of course, (laughs) the theme lately is quantum mechanics. And I was just sort of reading about um, the uncertainty principle and quantum mechanics. And on a previous episode, we talked about the observer effect. And I found this one sentence about this um, quantum physicist, Heisenberg. And he said that the observer effect at the quantum level is just a physical, quote-unquote, explanation of quantum uncertainty. So this quantum uncertainty is just this idea that no matter what you do in terms of measuring a particle, you cannot know for sure the exact position that that particle will have in the future. So I'll read the specific Heisenberg principle. So it states that the more precisely the position of some particle is determined, the less precisely its momentum can be predicted from initial conditions and vice versa. So it's basically saying even when you have a lot of information, that actually makes it more uncertain to know what the future behavior of that particle is going to be. And so when I think about this in terms of life, we feel that if we do all of this preparation and we do all of these things and we are in effect kind of guaranteeing what will happen in the future. But this is 
actually not the way it goes. <laughs> and this is hard to accept because absolutely we should do exactly the things in the present moment that we feel inspired and called to do with the hope that it may lead to positive future outcomes, but that may not necessarily be the case. And it's not that it will be negative, but it might just be different. The things that we're preparing ourselves for might lead to very different outcomes. And so when we attach ourselves to the belief that the outcome that we want is the best possible outcome that we could have, it's actually a limiting belief. It's a limiting idea if we think that if this doesn't work out the way we plan, it's all bad. It doesn't leave room for magic. And I can say, you know, from the nomadic aspect of my life, when I'm traveling and it's all very unplanned, I'm thinking back to just last year in Europe, just taking um, a Flix bus, which is a really great bus that you can ride all around Europe. And I would sit in the front two seats. I would reserve two seats so I'd have space for my snacks. And I sat in the front so I could watch the view. And I took this bus from city to city. And I decided my next destination, once I arrived at a place and felt it was time to rest. And I usually wasn't on the bus for more than four hours. I didn't have a plan. I would find a hotel when I arrived in the city. And I would use the time in that city to walk around or visit some places that um, called to me or seemed interesting, and then I would move on. Very, very unplanned, very uncertain, very amazing. And it was so much cooler than if I would have had a specific plan, because that plan would have caused me to be very stressed and trying to meet different deadlines and keeping to, you know, keeping to the plan. But to have, to kind of like work with this idea of uncertainty, it feels very risky. And so a lot of people, you know, feel uncomfortable moving in that way. But it's actually more in the rhythm of how things are actually operating. There's just this uncertain flow that is the rhythm of the universe. And so when we are aligned with that, when we let go of our expectations and our ideas, we are able to move in flow, with the flow, and be the flow of this experience that we call life. And to do that requires faith. So that's where the faith part comes in. And I would like to share a couple of things um, this morning a Bible verse kind of loomed loud, Matthew chapter 17, um, verse 19 through 21, which I'll share. But first I thought I would read an excerpt from my latest book, Finding Freedom Where You Are. And in the final section of that book is um, Live Free. <laughs> and one of the pointings um, that I thought of this morning fits with this conversation, and it's Be Fearless. The pointing is be fearless. And the accompanying perspective for that pointing is as follows. Faith and fear cannot coexist. 
If there is fear, increase your faith. Fear is a thought, a worry that things may not happen as we want. Faith is trust. We accept what is and take the next right step based on current conditions without being trapped in past and future-focused thoughts and feelings. Continue to return to the present moment. When we give up the illusion of control, and pause for tea. <clears throat> Excuse me. Okay, when we give up the illusion of control, there's nothing to do except what the moment requires. Faith is freedom. <laughs> uh, I, I think of this a lot. Faith and fear cannot coexist. So if ever I feel feelings of fear arising, that is like a signal to me that, okay, I'm not having enough faith. I am placing way too much weight into these thoughts, these worries, these ideas that something is not happening the way I want it to, that I'm not getting the result fast enough. And this definitely happens to me because I have this perfectionist overachiever aspect of my personal nature. (laughs) And so when something doesn't seem to be right, I feel like, okay, maybe I need to just do more to make it right. I need to do more to increase the odds that this is going to turn out the way that I think it should turn out. And if we go back to the quantum physics, this is a way of ensuring that the result I want is even less likely. (laughs) So the spiritual masters are way ahead of science, and they just tell us to relax, to just be, to allow things to take their natural rhythms, to know that the way that we want things to happen may not be for the highest good that other things might need to happen in order to prepare us or prepare the situation for the highest good. And so in the moments of this, you know, deep feeling of fear or uncertainty about what will happen, I'm very, very fortunate to have loving family and dear friends that are family that remind me to relax. (laughs) Remind me that, hey, you did all you could. It's going to just happen the way it's meant to. Things I would say to myself if I was not in that heightened state of fear uh, because of uncertainty. And so this is just a reminder that if you find yourself getting very much into your thoughts and fears, really attaching to these ideas that things are not working out the way you want them to, or that they're not meeting your expectations. Just say, woo-saw. Give yourself just that moment of pause. And in that pause, recognize that all of those thoughts are simply that. They're just thoughts. They're ideas that are sort of appearing, that you're becoming attached to, and that attachment is creating this discomfort in your current experience. It's based on all of these ideas about future or past, and it's not really being in the moment of now. And so the guidance 
and this is guidance to myself as well, is just return to the present moment. Be present. Have faith that it's all working out. Give up this illusion of control. Recognize that we just need to do only what the present moment requires. And sometimes that is to take a break, to take a step away, to go on a walk, to be in nature, and to release our attention from this hyper-focus on these ideas and thoughts. That in and of itself gives us a measure of freedom. And if we have that full faith, if we keep our attention on Ram or God or just this, even this idea that it's just all working out, suddenly that's just release from those thoughts. And that's why a lot of the sages and saints say, keep your eyes focused on God. Repeat the name of Ram, the holy mantra or Jesus, or your ancestors, or whatever it is. It's giving your attention something else to do. (laughs) Because when it's caught up in thoughts, it's sort of hijacked from that higher, elevated focus on, on this faith. The faith that it's all working out. And to tie in quantum physics before I get to um, the book of Matthew, I was sort of um, having a black hole documentary going in the background yesterday. And um, Stephen Hawking was talking about black holes and the fact that, you know, they're thought to be these eternal prisons, that nothing gets out of a black hole, that light cannot even escape. But Stephen Hawking says, actually, some particles may escape black holes and go to infinity or even to another universe and appear to be radiation emitted by black holes themselves. So they're not the eternal prisons they were once thought. Things can get out of a black hole, both on the outside and possibly to another universe. And so his beautiful guidance was this. If you feel you are in a black hole, don't give up. There's a way out. If you feel you're in a black hole, don't give up. There's a way out. And I love that because when I read that, it immediately dawned on me that the black hole can be our own minds, right? Can feel overwhelming, can feel that everything is wrong and we're caught in this cycle that starts to feel very dark and cold and barren and it feels like there's no way out that it's just all going wrong but Stephen Hawking had this beautiful reminder to not give up that there is a way out and to me the way out is always in and when we go in when we recognize our truest nature is that which is observing the thoughts And one could even say the source from which the thoughts are arising from. If we know that to be what we truly are, 
then we recognize the thought itself as just a particle, some kind of interference. And through our attention, just by watching the thought, it somehow vanishes. We're released from its weight. It's like releasing, we're released from the gravity of that thought. It's no longer pulling us in. It's not creating our whole reality. We're free simply by observing the thought. So if we feel that there are these thoughts that are persistent, that keep coming up, shift to observing the thought, to watching it. Allow the thought to pass. Stay as the neutral attention, the awareness of all. And in this way, there's freedom from that thought. The mind doesn't have to be a prison. <laughs> you just have to take it less seriously. We have to have more faith. And so to that, I will shift to the Bible, <laughs> the good book. And I would like to just go ahead and read um, the entire story from Matthew chapter 17, where Jesus heals a demon-possessed boy. And so I'll do a full read-through of these verses, and then, as I typically do, come back to um, some discussion points about it, things that stood out for me. So this starts with um, verse 14. At the foot of the mountain, a large crowd was waiting for them. A man came and knelt before Jesus and said, Lord, have mercy on my son. He has seizures and suffers terribly. He often falls into the fire or into the water. So I brought him to your disciples, but they couldn't heal him. Jesus said, you faithless and corrupt people, <laughs> how long must I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring the boy here to me. Then Jesus rebuked the demon in the boy, and it left him. From that moment, the boy was well. Afterwards, the disciples asked Jesus privately, why couldn't we cast out the demon? You don't have enough faith, Jesus told them. I tell you the truth. If you had faith, even as small as a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it would move. Nothing would be impossible. Hmm. Wonderful. So I must preface this by saying that I am not a biblical scholar, <laughs> so I'm sure that one that is a scholar would be able to tease even more um, 
relevant meaning because so much of the Bible and so much of Jesus' teachings were parables that were based in the time. So when understanding the history, we can get a fuller depth of what was being pointed to. But for me, when I read this and the father comes to Jesus and says that his son suffers terribly and that he often falls into fire or into the water. What this meant to me, and this is like the first feeling, was that fire was the past and water was the future. And I don't know why that feeling came, but the fire to me represented this these past ideas and thoughts that can take us over and cause us to suffer. And it can kind of burn us up, right? Because there's potentially some trauma or pain that we keep revisiting. And so it feels like we're burning. The past can feel like that. And that's simply because of our thoughts that are really ideas of, of what we feel has happened. And so this can be, causes us to suffer terribly. And the water, for some reason, it was representing the future for me because water flows on its own and its destination is unknowable. We think that we can follow the stream and determine where the water flows. However, if water hits a rock at a certain velocity, that can cause it to splash. Or all of a sudden there can be a drop in elevation and we have a waterfall. Water to me represents this uncertainty of the future. And so when we get pulled into the current of the future, it can sometimes feel very, very um, uncomfortable, right? That that can cause us to suffer as well because we have these ideas of what might happen, but we don't really know. We don't know. Somehow we don't trust the water, (laughs) the direction of the flow of time and, and what the future might hold. So that can cause us to suffer. And so Jesus kind of describing, I think, his disciples, because his disciples couldn't heal this boy. And so Jesus is, you know, is causing his disciples faithless. And he's saying, how must, how long must I be with you? How long must I put up with you? And he's saying, how, how long do I have to endure this lack of faith? And so he brings um, the boy, or the father brings the boy to Jesus Jesus rebukes the demon, and the demon could have many different forms, right? So it could be rebuking of all of those thoughts. I know my experience with an enlightened master, everything just goes away. All ideas, all worries, all thoughts. There's just this bliss and this peace that remains. So I can can imagine the power that Jesus embodied through his supreme faith and connection with God the Father drove out everything inconsequential. And so being in the presence to even, I remember sort of, you know, on the, on the fringes, a Bible study of like 
a Bible story of touching the hem of Jesus's robe, that alone caused healing, right? So how could anyone suffer in that that bright, glowing light, that depth of infinity? You couldn't. So the boy was healed. And so then, you know, in private, the disciples ask Jesus, why couldn't we heal the boy? Why couldn't we cast out the demon? And so Jesus tells them directly, you don't have enough faith. You don't have enough faith. And he lets them know if you have faith, even as small as a mustard seed, you could move mountains. Nothing would be impossible. And when I was reflecting on this this morning, I was kind of, you know, writing, um, free writing on my balcony and just thinking, you know, faith the size of a mustard seed. The mustard seed can barely be seen on the tip of your finger. It's so tiny. It's like, do I have at least that much faith? (laughs) These things that I'm worried about, do I have at least that much faith that it can work out, that it's going to be okay? And indeed, that's all it takes. If you just have a little bit of faith, even the size of a mustard seed, that it's going to be okay, the worry vanishes. We're stilled. We're not taken in that flow of the water of the future and this pulled in the stream of uncertainty. We're not burned up by the past worries. We're in the present moment, focused on our own faith. And in that focus, somehow, it arose for me all of the reasons to be supremely thankful for this moment, amazed at all of the different factors that must have happened to be, um, to get me into a place of being in this moment in this place, and in even the state of mind that I'm in in this present moment. It's really a miracle. If you think about all of the things, all of the amazing acts of nature that had to align for you to even be here and to be in the present circumstances that you have, looking at the positives, right? Looking at the the bright side of it, all of the things that had to align to get you here and that we could have a lack of faith means that we're ignoring all of the magic, (laughs) the magic that had to happen for us to have this experience of now. And so it's just a reminder. It's a reminder to refocus our attention not on the stress and the worries and the fears, but to the blessings of the moment of now. All of the things that we have to be thankful for, all of our blessings, not looking at our lack, but on our abundance. And there's something that you have in abundance, even if it doesn't seem like it. It could be health, wealth, happiness, 
love, friendships. It doesn't always have to be this idea of material. Health indeed is the greatest wealth. So if we recognize our gifts, our opportunity to take the next breath, to know that the next breath represents completely new moment, a new life, a new opportunity to be free. Then we can heed to Stephen Hawking's great wisdom and advice. You don't give up. We recognize that even the next moment is our way out. It's our opportunity to shift from the weight of the thought to the observation of the thought and to be free of it. And in this way, we can be free from the fiery past or the uncertain future. It's continually flowing like water. Just be still. Be here now. And be free. (laughs) Of course, that is what I always wish for you. And I thank you so much for being here. Namaste.